And we're a lot, a lot of us this morning have a lot of Jonah in us. Amen? As soon as God tells us something, we want to run the other way. And we have a lot of Jonah in us this morning. So I want to read in chapter 3. Last week, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. And Jonah, first thing he did was go down to Joppa and got him on a boat and went to Tarshish. He was headed to Tarshish. Well, as he was there, the storm came. Violent storm like, a, like, a, like Hurricane Katrina came through. And they were about to die and they threw him overboard. The, the sailors threw him overboard. And, and then everybody knows the story about a whale comes and a big fish comes and swallows Jonah. Well, now when we start in chapter 3, he has just been spit up on the land. I don't know if what was worse. I don't know if Jonah was... I don't know if the whale liked Jonah or the Jonah didn't like the whale. But anyway, they got to this point and he spit him up on the dry land. You would think the Lord would feel sorry for Jonah here. And hey, Can you imagine Jonah coming out of the belly of a whale all bleached out white and looked like he had seaweed dreadlocks? I mean, he was just ready to preach. Scared to all the people around him. And so now you'd think the Lord says, well, I'm going to give him a little time. I'm going to speak to him. You know, he needs to clean up, go to church, get, you know, get back active in church. It says the word, look what it says in the very first verse there in chapter 3. It says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. Comes to him a second time saying, arise, go to Nineveh, to that great city and preach the message that I tell you. Nineveh according. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was exceedingly a great city, a three days journey in extent. And Jonah began to enter the city the first day's walk. Then he cried out, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth in the, from the greatest to the least of them. Then the word, of, then word came to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne and lay aside his robe, and he covered himself with sackcloth and, and sat in ashes. And he, caused, and he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by degree that the king and his nobles saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and let the violence that is in his hands. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? Then in verse 10 it says, God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God relented from disaster that he had said to bring upon them, and he did not do it. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for today for a second chance. Lord, everyone that's standing here this morning, we've had third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, ten chances. Lord, we're thankful for a God of second chance this morning. So many times, Lord, you have brought word to us. and seek, Lord, you're seeking our obedience and we've run from you. But Lord, you've always came back and drawn us back and give us a second word. Lord, we're thankful for that second chance God. Lord, I pray that you'll just use this word this morning. Lord, speak to our hearts in a special way. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Same song, different verse. And so many times from last week, even like last week, if God gives us a word, He's going to continually come after us until He can see that word be developed in us. How many of y'all has God come after y'all? On a word. When, every time when God brings a word to us, we want to run the other way. 
God wants us to tell someone, a friend or a neighbor or someone on our job or to do this and go here and say, Lord, that's really not going to work. I, I can tell you, I can go to them and they're not going to change. And I love Noah, I mean Noah, Jonah. Well, I'm tripping and falling and everything this morning, amen? Jonah didn't want to preach to these Ninevites. How would you like to go witness to somebody and try to see them get saved that you don't like? A lot of y'all, y'all are looking like, oh, we love everybody, Brother George. We're just so happy. Everybody in here's got somebody you don't like, amen? Or some people or a set of people or someone did something to you. Well, these Ninevites, they may attack Jonah's family. They may have killed some of his family members. Who knows? He did not like Ninevites. He did not want to be a part of them. He could care less. And you think, man, this guy's supposed to go preach. He's a prophet. He's supposed to love people and preach the gospel. He, he, didn't want to, he didn't want to go to Nineveh. And then when he went, Jonah was afraid that they would get saved. <laughs> I mean, that's double trouble. Now you've got to spend eternity with someone you don't like. All eternity you're going to be with a Ninevite that killed maybe your parents or, or your uncle or someone. And he didn't want to go. And he says, I'm not preaching to them, Lord. I love you, Jesus, but I'm gone. I'm going the other way. And so as he went through all them events, now we're in chapter 3 where he's just spit up on the land. And I believe when Jonah came out then, he was ready to go preach to the Ninevites. You spend three days and three nights in the belly of a well with all that fish and bones and muck and smuck and we're fixing to eat lunch and I love it. <laughs> and as, he, as he's floating in there, the, chapter, two is a whole, chapter 2 is a whole chapter of him repenting and saying, Jesus, I'm so, Lord, I'm sorry. I should have went and preached to them in the first time. This is where it's got me, Lord. You, you can read chapter 2. It's a whole chapter of his prayer inside the belly of a well, repenting to Jesus. And so as he comes out, he's got his Bible. He's all cleaned up now. And, and you would think God would say, let's take a break. Let's just uh, do Bible school this week. He says, the Lord came to him a second time. God said, no, I'm give you a, Jonah, I'm going to give you a second chance. I call myself, Jonah, I'm going to give you a second chance. And it, you would think, well, God's going to take it easy on him this time. You know, it caused so much trouble. The first word, the second word should be easy. It never changed. It's the same song, different verse. He said, go preach to the Ninevites. Even when he come out of the well and he's ready to go, he said, my, my word hadn't changed, Jonah. You may have changed. and You went through many circumstances and a lot of things that happened to you today. But he said, my word never changes. Isn't that true with God's word today, guys? I don't care what country we live in in America the word of God is still the same I mean all you got to do is read across America today they're trying to change the constitution take God out of everything here and there and this and that and saying that it didn't say this listen God's word is the same yesterday today and tomorrow amen it's just the same. Listen, God's Word is still the same when you... Here's how we do a lot of time. We get slacks in our walk with Jesus. We might have got saved 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Well, it don't mean, Brother George, what it means back then. It means the same as it meant then. Amen. Amen? This is where the devil catches us in a lie. This is where the devil gets us to get in the storms of life and swallowed by wells. And this is how the devil wants to see us run away from God. He wants us to say, well, it used to be good 20 years ago, but now, God, listen, brother, George, times have changed. 
You've got to quit hollering, preaching, and telling people to repent and sin. And let's just have a mellow service. And there's probably people in here that want this. Just let it be what it be, Brother George. Don't never preach nothing bad. Don't preach nothing that hurt our feelings. Because I'll get up and I'll get out of here and I'll be mad at you and I won't come back to that church. Let me tell you, brother, they've already been here and they've already gone. Amen? <laughs> We're not going to change the Word of God as the same yesterday, Carrie, when you got saved no, uh, 40 years ago. It hadn't changed. It's the same. And so... God could have come back and said, well, let me make it a little easy on you, Jonah. You don't have to do everything God's Word says. You don't have to go preach to the Ninevites if you don't want to. Just carry my food basket. <laughs> he didn't say that. Look what he said. Go back to that teen in verse 1. It didn't change. Now, the Word of the Lord came to Jonah saying the second time, verse 2. Arise, now that you've getting cleaned up and you got all this well mucus off of you. He didn't say, you know, take a vacation. He said, now, go to Nineveh and preach to them people. The people that you don't like. And Jonah this time didn't get on a boat and go to Joppa. Jonah was ready to go, amen. I don't know about y'all, but when I've been disobedient to God, and I come, when I went through a wilderness or a hard time, I come back, man, I'm ready to go, Lord. What do you want me to preach? Man, Lord, I've been through all kinds of problems this week. You've took me through the wilderness. I'm ready. I'm here at your service. This is the way Jonah was. He was ready to go. God got him out of being casual and, and running. He said, my word's the same as it was a few weeks ago before you got in the well. It's still the same word. And so Jonah, Jonah goes and preaches the Ninevites. It says that, Nineveh, listen, the Ninevite, the city of Nineveh, this is a big place. This place is, is 680,000 people. That's a big city. Can you imagine how big this city is back in Bible times? This isn't, no, this isn't uh, Sims, Arkansas. Hey Amen. What's the biggest city in America? Huh? New York. I think I, I, think I got y'all. I think I know. Houston. I think Houston just became the biggest. I'm not for sure. You can look it up. But can you imagine? I mean, it's, it's a good number. There's, there is more people in New York City than there is in the state of Arkansas. In the city. So can you imagine? It took him three days to go through this Ninevite city. And you would think he would preach a message. A message is, you know, like, we're all going to heaven. Come, let's have a big reunion one day. We're going to be, you know, can you imagine them handing out flyers through Nineveh? Jonah preaching tonight. Dinner afterwards, we're eating chicken and hot dogs and bringing dessert. Jonah's supplying all the fish, amen? <laughs> I mean, it could have been. But no, what God told him to go preach is not popular today. It's not popular in the church. Repent. Boy, and you go preaching that in a church. Because everybody's scared of the word repent. I talked about that in our class this morning. This is why we don't like change. This is why we hate to change. This is why we don't spiritual, spiritually grow for the Lord. Is we do not like change. How many of y'all like change? <laughs> Got one. 
I got two out of the whole deal. Most people do not like change because, listen, when I, cha- when I have to change, that means I have to allow God's light to come in and shine in on my faults and expose myself to Him. And I don't know about you, but I don't expose nothing that's wrong about me to anybody. Not even Mev. And she knows every fault I got. Most of them. Amen. You don't want to be exposed, but Jonah was supposed to go to this city and preach in 40 days. If you do not repent and turn to God, it will all burn. God will destroy your city. Now, isn't that a popular message to come? George Vincent's preaching tonight, Mount Pine, Arkansas. Turn or burn. Amen. (laughs) Basically, this is what he's preaching. God gives him a second chance to go preach. Now, the Bible doesn't go into great detail in Jonah 3. I'm sure he presented the gospel and told them who Jesus was. But when he went in there, he, God gave them a great... He gave them 40 days to repent. Aren't you thankful for the grace period God gives us sometimes? None of us would be here today if God didn't give us a 40-day grace period. As he went in and he says, listen, repent. Or God is going to destroy this great city of 600,000. This city was so, so big. It was 60 miles long. The walls were around this city. They had a wall all the way around the city. It was wide, so wide that three chariots could ride beside, beside each other on top of the wall all the way around the city. That's how thick the walls were. Very thick. We can't imagine that today. And so as Jonah goes in and he preaches, Repent! Turn and get rid of your idols and obey God. Turn to God. He's pleading on them. Turn to Jesus. That all of a sudden, we all think the greatest miracle was when Jonas was spit out upon the the bank. The miracle was, the miracle was these Ninevites believed. That's what it says. Go to verse 5, Tina. Look in verse 5 what it says. So, So the people of Nineveh believed God. They believed when he preached. They believed in 40 days that their city was going to... Now, I don't know if they... They may have heard the story about Jonah being swallowed by a whale and spit up. Some of these guys in the city said, That's him. That's him. I've seen him in the seaweed dreadlocks and he was white as a ghost. And he had a Bible in his hand. That's the man. I see him get spit up by a fish. I don't know what he did or how they knew it. But God's Holy Spirit convicted this city that they needed to turn from their wicked ways. Isn't that what 2 Chronicles tells us if we want to see revival as a nation? Can anybody quote that? Huh? If my people call by my name, she's doing good, humble themselves and pray, seek my face, and turn from your wicked ways. And there it is. I will hear from heaven. And I will heal your land. I'm going to I'm I'm just going to preach it on TV. I'm going to put some of her reading scriptures for me while I preach. Amen? That would be good. <laughs> then all i got to say, go ahead, Miss Wanda, verse 2. <laughs> that would be great. Turn from your wicked ways and I will heal. The main word in that whole verse in Second Chronicles is if. If my people. If my people will surrender their hearts. If my people will turn to God. That's the whole key to this nation today. If. This is the whole key about going to heaven. 
If you're not guaranteed to go to heaven just because your mom and dad went to church. Just because you were... It don't guarantee you a place in heaven just because your name's on a church roll. Well, I've been Baptist 45 years, Brother George. I'm going... I know. Listen, the only way you go, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no man, no man comes to the Father except through me. That's it. That's why I get to giggling and laughing so much at these other denominations. We got denominations that they're saying, you're going to hell. You're going to hell. If you're not us, you're going to hell. If you're not Pleasant Hill, you're going to That's a lie from the devil, church. The only way people goes to hell today, now the only way that people go to hell is because they reject Jesus Christ. It's not because you're a part of some church, some denomination, some sect. Your mom and dad's a deacon in the church can be the best piano player and she can cook apple pies. And sing alto and it still don't matter. If you're not saved, you will burn. That's what it says. Hell is waiting on you. But you don't hear that message much. This is basically what Jonah was preaching to him. This is what Jonah preached to him. And as these people, these people, now this is amazing. It says the people believed in God. Then the king heard about it and he believed in God. He said, man, these idols we've been worshiping, they're wrong. He said, I'm going to make a decree. I love what he said. I want to read this because it sounds like, can you imagine a guy coming out like we're in Britain with a big long trumpet and a big long coat and he's standing there with a big paper opened up? Here's what they, this is basically what they did. Here's, here's the decree that he, he got his noblemen to come out and stand and shout it out to everybody in the city. Here's what I'm going to give him a Bible around. Go to verse 7, Tina. I'm going to read it off of that. Go to verse 7. And he caused it, talking about the king, to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the, by the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water. He said, I'm declaring a fast. We've surrendered our hearts. We're going to fast and give it to God. Here's what he said in verse 8. But let man and beast be covered. He said, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. And the violence that was in their hands, guys, was they would kill people. They wouldn't even kill them. They would, they would strip them down naked and run a spear all the way through them and stick them up on the outside of their walls and let them, let them burn in the sunlight. In the desert. Sometimes they would skin them alive. They would do idol worship with babies and throw them in fire. Sacrifice children. They were so evil that they cut the heads off of all their enemies. They wouldn't bury them. They would take and stack their heads up against the walls. And they got higher and higher. These were evil, evil people. These were, these were worse than any killer we've had in America. Son of Sam, any of them killers that's killed 15, 16, 20 women, nothing compared to the Ninevites. And so the king said, I, we are a wicked people into the sight of God. Boy, the Holy Spirit really shined in on this king's heart. It doesn't matter. I don't care who you are. 
I don't care what your degree is, your position in life, the Holy Spirit will still convict and shoot straight to your heart and let you know that He is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I don't care if you're a ball player. You can be Mr. Obama himself. And the Holy Spirit can still get a hold of him. I wish you would too, Sister Beg. I'll be preaching. That's another sermon. Listen, there's not a heart out there that God cannot get a hold of today. That's what I'm trying to say. There's, not, there's nobody in here today that's too far from God that He can't bring you back. He's a God of second chance. I don't care what you've done, where you've been. And some of y'all are sitting there saying, Brother George, I'm in church every Sunday. I, I mean, I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to. Listen, we can steal us that are in the church every Sunday. You can be sitting in these pews and be backslidden. You can hear a song and raise your hand and be backslidden. You can come to this altar and pray. And get up and go back and not be changed. So just because you come to church, that don't make you holy. Boy, all the little bitty halos just fell. They disappeared. Listen, when you got saved, God's righteousness covered you. It's not about your righteousness. When you got saved, it was Christ's righteousness covered you. The Bible says there is no one righteous. No, not one. The king somehow, through the presence of the Holy Spirit, got that message through to the king of Nineveh. And he told him, said, we are declaring a fast. Everybody and anybody, moms, dads, kids, they had the kids on sackcloths and ashes. They had them humbling themselves, bowing down, praying. They had the camels, they had the donkeys, they had the cats, the dogs. They was all fasting. They didn't get to eat either. Can you imagine having two or three camels kneeling down? They was all, they had a fast throughout the kingdom of Nineveh. And oh, Jonah, can you imagine Jonah? And here's what Jonah was thinking. He preaches this and he sees these people falling down. And I I believe they were broken. Because when God really gets a hold of you, He breaks you. There's none of this getting up and leaving and you're not changed. You didn't get touched by the hand of God. When God gets a hold of him, we humble ourselves in the sight of God. And that Holy Spirit touches that place in my heart. He, he touches me and He breaks me. I don't care to be the same like I was. I don't care to have that stuff in my life. I want to be better for God. Here's the problem with most of us. God wants more for you than you want, of God, than you want for God. None of us... See that? We never, I think I put that. God wants more for you than you want for yourself. That is so true. God wants so much more for me. He wants so much more for this church body. That's why, listen guys, that's why we've been meeting at 9 a.m. and praying. We haven't been doing 9 a.m. prayers to say, oh, look at them, they look so good, they're meeting early. No, it's say, God, Come! Show up. Be real for once and not just a church service. One of these days I'm fixing to freak y'all out. We're going to do a backward service. See, we're so used right now to coming in. I think one day I'm going to come in and y'all going to get seated and I'm going to come up and just start preaching. 
Then we're going to worship later. I'm going to change it all up. We're going to take, we're going to mess this Baptist church up. The, the, the offering might actually be last. Whoa, that'll freak them out. <laughs> Amen. Wow, what are they doing? You ought to go to that church down where George Vincent's at. He starts preaching first, then they sing, and then the offerings last. That's not right. They're doing something under there. Something's not right. He's so unbiblical at that church. Yeah, I'm, I'm so unbiblical because I'm messing you up where you're going. Amen. Because if you always do what you always done, oh, it's getting better. God is trying to get us to change. He wants more for us than what we're expecting for us. He knows there's more out there for us. He can see it. We can't see it, but all He wants us to do is walk by faith and quit walking by sight. Quit looking at all your discouragements. Quit looking at all the bad in the world. Golly. Some of us, all we do is get up all day long, go to work and pick people apart what they look like. Amen? I got a bunch of them that does that. I can already tell. Everybody went. There's about 40 people back there that went from Jonah to Acts that fast. I mean, they done moved it on. But see, wouldn't it be nice? And you can't have this outlook. God's going to do with this world what God intends to do with this world. He knows when He's calling His Son Jesus back to rapture the church out. Amen? That's going to be a glorious day. Some of y'all said, but I wish I knew when it was. It wouldn't matter. You, wouldn't be re- you still wouldn't be packed all the way. Amen? Wait a minute, not yet. I've got a Hogs game to go to Saturday. Don't come yet. See, so none of us are truly, truly sold out. Amen? We all come to church on Sundays and a lot of us say we're sold out. But really and truly deep down when you, when you strip all this world away, including me, we're not sold out as much as we claim to be. That's why bad stuff is happening in this world. Yes, it's a world of sin, but a lot of times God's allowing this stuff to come around you and your family to see what you're really made of. And I'm made of. Will we stand up for Jesus or will we be casual and go with the popular crowd? Politically correct. Well, my friends are doing it, Brother George. I've got to stay with them. I'll lose them all. Well, that's what God is trying to say. Do you want to lose them or lose me? Where do you stand? And he's basically telling Jonah, preach. Now, these people, they have a great, a re- biggest revival in history. 600-something thousand people get saved. Man, can you imagine them baptisms? Whew. I wouldn't even preach that Sunday. I'd just baptize. Amen? Man, I'd just, next, next, next. I'd get Levi out there and let him make a few of them bubble. Amen? We'd have a line so big. We 600,000 baptisms. They got saved. We rejoice when we have two or three a month. And God's sitting there telling, and sometimes I think God wants to tell this church, I'm bigger than that. 
You think two or three, we had three baptisms. Y'all think that's a big hooray. That's nothing. You really sell out to me and I'll really show you what my hand can do. That's including this preacher. That's including me. When I preach, I'm not, listen, I preach, there's four more coming right back at this old boy. Because I'm a sinner saved by grace just like you. I get attacked by the devil every week just like you. God don't put me in a bubble in the Jetsons and... I'm not in a bubble with my dog going to work every week to the church. Amen? This isn't the Jetsons. This is real life. I get tempted. The devil throws snares at me. He tries to discourage me. There's some Sundays, guys, I don't even want to get behind this pulpit and preach the message to you. You say, I can't believe that you're our preacher. Well, you're our church member. Why ain't you here today? (laughs) There's times I don't even want to preach. You say, you shouldn't be like that. Any true call to God preacher gets discouraged and gets out. I mean, y'all must think sometimes when the devil starts attacking me, all these little wings start popping out of my shirt. (laughs) Seraphims and... All of them come down and play their harps and we worship holy, holy, holy. No! Sometimes it's like walking through hell. The devil's attacking. He's discouraged. There's times he discourages me about this church. When people don't commit and people don't do this and people don't show up here. But you know what? God said, I didn't call you to look at that. I called you to preach and I will take care of the rest. That's all he was telling Jonah, guys. Is you go preach and I'll save them. It's not our job to save the people. It's not our job to save this community, Pleasant Hill. But it is our job to be obedient to whatever God's calling you and I to do. Then God will take care of the results. But see, here's how we feel a lot of times. God's asking me to do something. God's asking me to do... You may not say it publicly, but in your mind and spiritually... Every day, God's wanting me to do something for Him. God's asking me to do something. He's not asking you to do something for Him. He's asking you to do something with Him. With Him. That's all God was asking Jonah to do is go preach. And then be a part of the movement of my Holy Spirit. This is how churches get involved with God. This is how we get involved in the power of God. We, listen, God's, our obedience, God moves through our obedience. This is why God's not moving in some churches. I don't know why He's not moving in our church. We ain't had nobody come down the aisle in five years. We don't have it, 16s. Brother George, I can't, and I've had preachers and Brother George, I can't even get people to go out and feed at the hospital like your people. They won't even, they won't even be obedient and go feed. All I can say is until we're obedient, God's not going to move. Amen? There's a lot of churches across Arkansas and just in our county today. Big, small. They show up, get a sermon, have this, and they go. And they might even have big record numbers today. I'm talking about, for me, a record number is a thousand. Man, I'd preach till I was passed out if I had a thousand. Amen? Y'all have to drag me to the back. But, but it doesn't matter if you've got a thousand. There's, there's churches full up here in Hot Springs full of thousands of people today. But they'll leave these pews. They'll get in their car and they'll never think about God till next Sunday. Not a thing. 
But I shook a hand. Shake my hand. You want me to come by Sonic? Shake my hand. I want to look good. I did my thing, God. This is the mentality of a lot of Christians today. I sit in the pew. I heard my sermon. I shook hands. We looked good. We gone. Never thought about God all week long. And then they wonder why God's not moving. God can't move until He moves through us. Until we take that step of faith toward Him or toward that call that He's given us, whatever it is. And I'm not talking about preaching. I'm talking about anything. When we step in front of that and go in front of that call, God moves through us and He reaches people that we never thought we could reach. That's why I'm telling you, church, God, we can reach people in this building, right? We can make such an impact in this community. But we'll never have the opportunity until we step out and do it. I mean, sitting back in here saying, because, believe me, God sent a person scratching his head going, boy, I wish I had a whole lot less armchair quarterbacks down there. We need this. We need that. That's the, the, the famous saying, Paul, is we ain't never done that before. No, that's not the, what preachers hear the most. <laughs> we need this. We need this. We need this in our church. And we need this in our congregation. And we, what, basically what God is trying to say, let's take it, break it on down from we to I. And then I'll be powerful in your life. That's what God's calling His church to be. You say, Brother George, we don't have much here. We're not a church with a lot of money. God don't even look at our paychecks. He wants our tithes and He wants our offerings brought to Him, to the storehouse. That's how He blesses us. But God's looking more at anything. He's looking at your availability, not just your ability. He wants to know if you showed up for Him today. When's the last time God said something to you and you told Him No. Last week, I'm talking now, y'all hang in here with the preacher. I'm not saying he called you. He didn't call me to preach. He didn't talk to me. No, but he called you to do something in your family, on your job, in your church, to uplift and glorify his name through in his kingdom work. And we said, because I've done it, because I know you have, I don't have time. My plate's full enough now. I can't put another one... Another fork in the food. I'm, I'm tied up. Amen. I must be hitting close because it's getting quieter and quieter and quieter. Where are you at this morning? God won't listen. God's going to do. God is doing great things in this church, and I am thankful for everybody for what y'all do right now. The the obedient ones, man. That I mean, they'll be here. When nobody else is here, they'll be here putting on stuff. I love you. But God, we're really not going to experience all of God until we get our whole church body. Our whole body. You say, well, Brother George, I, I'm not a member. I don't care. He wants to use you. I get so... We need to quit getting tied up on all this membership stuff all the time because if you're not a member, God can't... God can use you if He saved your soul. That's what He's calling to do. But see, first you've got to step forward and say, Here am I, send me, Lord. Here am I, send me. And God will do it. Now, I'm not telling you He's going to send you to Africa. Amen? 
there's a bunch of y'all not wanting to get up. Well, he'll send me to Ethiopia and I don't want to go there. More than likely, the first call is God wants you to step up and just say, here am I, I'm available. He hadn't heard that. And then once he hears that and we make ourselves available, he'll save people just like he did at Nineveh. Just like at Nineveh. See, sometimes I think God does... I was watching a football player the other day on pro football on a football life and he was te- in the huddle. They had them all mic'd up in the huddle. And he was telling them when they come back they only had like three yards for a first down. And it was like fourth and third and this was, I mean, they had to make it or they were going to lose the game. And this, this, this went on running back. Running the huddle. <clears throat> the quarterback was trying to get the play and he grabbed him by the shoulder and said, listen, listen. He goes, what? He said, just give me the ball, block them and get out of the way. And the quarterback said, what? Just give me the ball. That's all I want you to do is give me the ball. Bark and get out of the way. I will get us that first down and keep us going. We will win this game. And the quarterback said, that's not what the play's called. He said, I don't care. Give me the ball. And so they walked up there and they gave the ball. And them guys blocked. He said, he cleared away and got the first down and went on and scored a touchdown in that one play. Like 30-yard touchdown. They won the game. And they asked a bunch of his teammates, man, what inspired y'all? And they said, he told us just to give him the ball and get out of the way. <laughs> he was pumped. He, you know, we need that in the church. God, I think, is telling us, here, I'm giving you the ball. Just get out of the way and let me move. Get I, myself, and me out of the way and I'll get the first down. I'll get the touchdown. But you've got to get out of the way. That's how God moves in your life. Pride comes before a fall, amen. Where are you at this morning? Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that we'll have some this morning, and including me. Lord, you've already spoken, convicted in areas I need to step up in. And Lord, I know a lot of our plates are full in this church, and, and Lord, I'm not talking the ones that are dedicated and just here every time and their plates are full but let's not never use that excuse my plate's full to listen to your voice but Lord even others that are here that that's been wanting and been hoping and wishing and praying that God would move in their lives Lord you can't move until they're obedient first they may even be given sacrifices to this church but Lord your word says that obedience is better than sacrifice Lord, I pray, I pray that they would step up right where they're at. Maybe God spoke to their heart this morning. Lord, let your Holy Spirit speak to each one of us this morning. Let us step up. Maybe you're giving us a second chance this morning. Maybe the Word is coming to some of us a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth time. But Lord, let us respond and say, here am I. Maybe God's telling you, just here's the ball, get out of the way and I will move. Is He telling this church this? Let's just get out of the way and let God move and see what He does in our lives, in our church, and in this community, in our families. Don't let the devil sit right where you're standing today because the Bible calls the devil a liar. And he's going to do all he can do to see you walk away from that word that God spoke to your heart this morning. Well, I'll be back next Sunday. I'll do it. Or I'll do that tomorrow. And But God, what God is saying is the opportunity is here today. 
to experience Him in a, in a real and mighty way. Heavenly Father, have Your way in this service this morning. Speak to our hearts in a real way. But most of all, Lord, let us step out on faith towards You and what You're calling us in our lives to do. Lord, have Your way in this service. And all God's people said, Amen. Come this morning as the altar workers come. Right where you're at as God spoke to you this morning.